This is Changing Channels with Larry Walsh, the Channelnomics podcast that connects you with channel chiefs, thought leaders, and executives about what it takes to get the next generation of tech to market. Here's your host, Larry Walsh, the CEO and Chief Analyst of Channelnomics. Hey everyone, welcome back to Changing Channels. As the lady said, I'm Larry Walsh and this is Changing Channels. And if you are like me, you're probably your IT admin for your family and friends. And this comes up all the time. You know, try to exp- I try to explain to people frequently about what I do for a living. And it's damn near impossible. You know, and you try to explain to them that you do route to market strategies, you do uh, market research for technology companies. They kind of look at you funny, like what? Or as my father used to simply say, he does something with computers. And I think we all found ourselves in this position over the past couple of years is that having to help out friends and family that don't necessarily know what they're doing with their PCs or don't know, don't necessarily know what they're doing with their online apps, helping them find their way. And one of the tools that I have relied on for a number of years is TeamViewer. And TeamViewer is a great remote access application, but it's turning into so much more. And I think that that's that's what we're going to talk about today is how an evolution of a company translates into not just an evolution of a product, but an evolution of a channel. And this is going to be particularly important. As I said, the past couple of years has been extraordinarily disruptive to all of our lives because of the pandemic conditions. Um, And even though we do see the light at the end of the tunnel, is that it's not you know the, these these remote access and these work from area uh, work from anywhere conditions are not going to dissipate anytime soon. In fact, recent report from our friends at McKinsey found that 95% of business leaders think that we're going to start seeing normalized conditions in 2022, but only 15% think we're going to go back to working the way we did before, meeting face to face the way we did before which means we're gonna to continue to be reliant on tools like remote access, like the remote access uh, features and benefits we get from an application like TeamViewer. But again, like I said, I'm getting a little ahead of myself. TeamViewer is a lot more than that and is continuing to be, you know, to evolve into something greater. And joining us here today on Changing Channels to talk about that is Patty Nagel, the president of Americas for TeamViewer, and Rob Teeley, who is the vice president of strategic alliances and channels also at TeamViewer. So Rob, Patty, welcome to Changing Channels. Well, thanks very much, uh, Larry, for having us here. We're thrilled to have an opportunity to not only chat about, you know, what has been our current norm, if you can call it that, but also sort of where and how team viewers evolved um, over the course of the last several years, uh, as we are certainly uh, gone way beyond just the remote access. So we appreciate mm-hmm. the opportunity to have that, that discussion today. Yeah, fantastic. So, Patty, let's stay with you on this because I do want, let's just jump into this because a lot of people around the channel are very familiar with TeamViewer. Uh, it's been around for, I don't want to say extraordinarily long time, but it's been around long enough to be be a known brand, but it's known for that remote access. Uh, the remote access, in fact, a lot of MSPs use it alongside mm-hmm. the remote monitoring and access applications to get into their customers' uh, customers' endpoints to diagnose and fix uh, fix issues. So where has TeamViewer been over the past couple of years? What are the evolving capabilities that you've brought to market? Yeah, um, uh, thanks uh, for the opportunity to uh, give you a little insight there. You know, to your point, right, I think most folks associated us with your mother needs some help, your grandmother needs some help. You could actually, you know, on an individual basis or based on sort of an ad hoc need, leverage sort of what was called a free-to-paid model. Um, We have our roots in that. 
Um, and we literally grew like a weed uh, over the last couple of years just because of that need for remote access and remote support that can be done in a very simplistic, easily to consume way. And where we've really evolved is looking at the needs moving sort of up the proverbial food chain into mid-market to enterprise capabilities because of the massive de device proliferation, the need for highly secure connectivity, the ability to really support any device anywhere, anytime. The company's really evolved to an enterprise class, um, uh, enterprise class organization. Um, so there's a lot of net new functionality in terms of what we needed to deliver to the field at a corporate enterprise multinational level. You know, when you consider the device proliferation, the need for um, security, the need for, you know, hyper connectivity and the fact that all of your end devices are smart, it really creates a new world, you know, which we call remote as a service. Um, so this is our sort of new landing spot and not to not the least of which is expanding into net new adjacent markets through some of our newer augmented reality technology. So we've really looked at the development of a platform, both organically in terms of in-house development, but also what we've done in terms of some of our key acquisitions. So TeamViewer is not your, you know, the same company that you may have known a few years ago. It's really broadened its spectrum and all things um, frontline, uh, you know, frontline uh employer, frontline user uh, support. So Rob, as Patty said, you've evolved or TeamViewer has evolved in terms of its capabilities and its focus. Um, I, I don't necessarily, I've never really necessarily thought of TeamViewer as being an SMB or an enterprise tool. It just sort of is a utility that is applicable in many levels and many use cases. But how is this evolution that, that Patty was just describing evolving in terms of the need for partners to bring the product to market? What is, what's changing in terms of it, TeamViewer being a downloadable tool that anybody can get access to to something that is that needs a channel to carry it to market they're going to be on larry um so uh, TeamViewer really evolved from a singular product company um single product company to a business suite um of uh very broad capabilities and we're solving different levels of problems right now so we can we can tap into an end-to-end -end process whether that's an it support process whether that is a maintenance process and really leverage the entire portfolio and, and, and solve business problems for smb or for enterprise and um, to give you an example um, you talked about uh, remote work i think that's that's a part of the reality we face right now um, but we also have uh, workers that um, are not working on a desktop and they need digital tools. Um, they were not part of digital strategies in the past and they may work as part of a logistics or warehousing process or as part of a, a manufacturing assembly process or inspection process. So the question is now not only what is a tool that performs a certain task or certain part of it, but what is that end-to-end -end process and how can we put the right industry knowledge, the right line of business knowledge together to optimize it, to automate it, to provide better experiences and streamline it. And I think that's exactly where we evolved our portfolio to this business suite um, of products and solutions. And we now rely heavily on partners to bring in their IP, their expertise, their access to uh, solve those broader business problems. I'll give you some examples. If you look at 
a remote control of PCs or Macs or smartphones, that's one part of the side of the house. But we also support unattended devices, so IoT elements as well. And as you move into things like smart factory, connected kitchen and food services, um, you, 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 you talk about much bigger uh, needs in terms of application integration. So we invested heavily in integrations uh, with applications from SAP to ServiceNow and others. And that's exactly where our partners come in. I think it's a tremendous opportunity to, to take their knowledge and their, their access and, and skills with all these different tools and put together the right value propositions and help companies succeed. So, so Patty, which came first on this? Was it the the expansion of the application suite that Rob's describing, or was it there's that the, the partners were coming to you saying we needed to have greater capabilities because we see an opportunity that's out there that we we need TeamViewer to fill? Yeah, you know, Larry, it was a little bit of both. I mean, in our sort of our heritage, our historic way that we went to market, um, it was really uh, a volume and a reach uh, for our partners. Um, a lot of our, the software capabilities were literally, you could be productive within the first 15, 30 minutes of using the product, right? So we didn't have a huge amount of, let's say services drag. So we were very, um, uh, you know, we, it, the companies, the partners that were really interested in us were more of the reseller and the DISDs that had the need for that supplement of technology for their own offerings. To your point, the MSP market. But where we've now evolved to with the augmentation of bringing in uh, augmented reality and what we're doing in, the, in that space, it calls for a different type of partner. There's a lot of domain expertise that's required. You're literally, we're jumping into adjacent markets where there is the need to really understand true supply chain or logistics business transformation. They look for a trusted advisor and therein lies where it's very attractive now to uh, systems integrators, as well as some of the leading application providers like SAP, ServiceNow, Salesforce, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera and Google. Um, so the nature of our, you know, what was our, our sort of classic reseller and Disney model has expanded greatly to include, you know, everything from distribution all the way through to uh, domain experts in the field of systems systems integration, as well as with leading application providers. So, Patty, I want to stick with you on this because mm -hmm. what you're describing is an, is an expansion of your addressable market, or at least your addressable channel, right? I mean, and one of the things that's been remarkable, I think TeamViewer has done a probably as good a job, if not a better job than most, is leveraging this freemium model is that mm -hmm. you you have a version that is free to non-commercial users. Uh, a lot of people, a lot of smaller companies in particular, get access to TeamViewer that way, that they get their first experiences with it. And that has created a rather large install base, both in the channel and outside the channel. How do you leverage that install base to build out this, this larger premium uh, market share? Yeah, great question. Um, when you look at the fact that we have over 686, uh, 686 million sub subscribers, right, uh, throughout the globe, this started with you know, that, that free-to-paid use. And what they found is, you know, as these folks uh, brought this forward in more of a commercial fashion, when we looked at the opportunity within businesses, we were really able to land and expand just horizontally, right, just within our core space for uh, the use of remote support and collaboration. 
Um, but through, uh, you know, it was a natural extension for us from a go-to-market point of view to look at where and how we could empower the frontline worker, how we could democratize expertise down to the front line, and where and how we could make impact, um, you know, from a connectivity perspective for all devices. You know, one of uh, the sort of unique value propositions for us as a company is being able to reach literally down to the device level, the operating system level, um, and provide those workflows and the connectivity required to also bring that back to the leading application providers in market. So, you know, this has allowed us to develop a whole platform approach, create an ROI for our customers, you know, for the longer term. And so, therefore, the nature of our partner community has evolved uh, as we have, right? So, we still, we still maintain that high-velocity business where it's sort of a low-touch kind of model where people can self-serve. But at the same token, we've now extended into mid-market to upper-market from an enterprise point of view with our classic technology and then jumping into adjacent markets whereby we can truly provide you know, disruptive sort of business transformation for competitive advantage. So in each one of those segments, whether it's, you know, sort of the high velocity volume business that we have to, you know, our horizontal land and expand model relative to our base customers, and then, you know, joining that up with a net new market, we have an opportunity here to truly create a, a rich ecosystem of partners for each one of those customer segments. Yeah. Rob, what, what it sounds like Patty's describing is that you now have a mixed channel. So you have your legacy channel that's been using you with the way that they have for remote access as a tool in their service delivery. But now you have a, a new cadre, a new, a new cohort of partners that are built around integrations, that are built around enterprise use cases. How do you balance between those two, managing your legacy as well as building out your future? And what, is it, what does it take to explain the opportunity to the partners that you're approaching? Yeah, and you're, you're absolutely spot on. So our ecosystem is evolving as our value proposition and the portfolio is evolving. And so the good news is we have a well-established partner ecosystem. Um, they used to be more, more on the transactional side, but they are aware of TeamViewer. They, they, they are familiar. They know it's a, it's a reliable and trusted product. And we are investing a lot to educate them to say, you know, there's an additional opportunity that's there are much more capabilities out there that they can uh, ultimately bring to their customers, create value, monetize. Um, but you will also add new types of partners as you alluded to. So uh, the approach gets a little bit more consultative. We're looking into different industries and LOBs. We have more uh, change management that might be evolved as we tap more into digital transformation scenarios. So we're, we're adding additional partners and uh, we have heavily invested in strategic partnerships with some of the most well-known uh, global companies. SAP is the absolute number one in the application space. So we we partner very heavily with um, um, Google uh, on the technology side, I think is, is a clear number one. We work with strategic uh, um, global systems integrators like Accenture as well to, to do just that. So we're augmenting um, the ecosystem. We add more uh, solution capabilities, but 
we are also, we changed our channel go-to-market model where now we marry up our sales force with the channel. In the past, that was slightly different. So that the channel was sort of um, running their own business model and then we had a direct sales force as well. Now we brought both together. So our sales force can work hand in hand with our partners and educate the partners, educate the end customers in the use cases, how to get the best value out of this growing portfolio. And you did mention the the big benefit that we have, that we have this huge installed base, but we also invest heavily in education right now, whether it's uh, from a market and marketing point of view, some of the brand partnerships we have, as well as um, directly with partners to make sure they understand that the team viewer they, they used to know and love is now much more expanded and there are way more possibilities. And that's yeah. part of sort of our channel strategy and, and, and our big focus to, to run the programs and also run this overly sales organization and a more sort of joint collaborative selling approach. Yeah. Rob, you, you mentioned a couple of things in there I want to I want to key in on because it's it's the strategic partnerships, so working with the integrators, uh, co-selling with the partners. These are, you know, what you're describing is a broad set of different types of actors. And so your systems integrators, particularly the global systems integrators like Accenture, they have a different set of considerations. They have a different set of, of use cases. They are trying to satisfy different needs that, say, a reseller or a managed service provider doesn't have to satisfy. How do you create that end-to-end -end continuum within your channel program that you have that addresses all of the needs uniformly? Or does it even happen uniformly? So, uh, so the the short answer is we do both. So we we have the established uh, go to market model. We establish uh, more education, more programmatic uh, approach there. We run a lot of joint uh, plays with our partners there. But we also added on top of it additional resources because the the the, the sales motion and the partnering is different. Uh, with those big players and uh, we know how it works. So um, Patty and I go uh, back to the sort of enterprise space. We, we've, we've done this before. Uh, we took technology and, and we converted it into, into business solutions and industry solutions. And we know how to work with uh, a strategic ecosystem, but also how to, uh, we know how to cover the base and, and run volume plays and maybe more IT-oriented plays around IT support, et cetera. So that's exactly what we're building. And uh, um, over the last few months, we established a lot organizationally from a resource point of view, from an investment point of view, uh, to create that more versatile alliance and channel program. Larry, yeah. if I can just add on to that. Please. Um, you know, our partner ecosystem is a force multiplier in terms of where and how we go to market, our customer reach, and our ability to really scale and delight our customers. What's really interesting is much of this is coming together relative to uh, our larger enterprise clients, right? So we've grown it now, um, you know, almost from the free-to-paid model through up through, you know, the proverbial food chain of size of company. And where we're landing now at the enterprise level, you have the leading application provider, you have a systems integrator, and you have a choice typically by the client in terms of who and how they like to consume the products through a distributor or a reseller. So the, uh, the, the interesting part is it's all kind of coming together. So each and every one of these ways, these routes to market that we engage on 
are really helping to provide a better way for our customers to consume our products and to ensure that they have a long-term return on investment because it's not just a one-trick pony. They have the ability to truly look at a full platform business suite play, as Rob mentioned, um, whereby there's a long-term return on investment um, and where we can play in many different facets of their organization. Okay. So, Patty, what is the, the, the value in this for the, for the partner committee, and what is it that you need the partners for to actually deliver that? So I appreciate what you're saying in terms of delivering value and ensuring that long-term return on investment, but how does that quantify itself, particularly across a spectrum as broad as what you're appealing to now? Yeah, it, it's a great question, and certainly, Rob, kick in if I miss anything here, but the, the main value for our partners is, frankly, um, the market reach and the market opportunity. When you look at the remote support market, it's really noisy out there. There's a lot of players at that level. Um, but the net is that all companies, and again, I go back to my kind of, as long as there's going to be um, device proliferation, which it's massive right now, everything in the device world is intelligent at the endpoint. Everything needs to be connected or hyper-connected and everything needs to be secure. Our mainstream market relative to remote support, collaboration, and end-user uh, support will remain and, and is growing at a pretty massive scale. So you look at that complemented by what we're doing now, which is a natural extension to the go-to-market model, uh, which is really you know, leveraging um, and empowering that frontline worker and looking at how we can bring technology to bear where you know, the genie's out of the box. You used the term you know, going back to the normal standard of living. We're never going back to a normal standard of living. Um, you know, the intelligent worker remains, they will be remote, um, and they're going to need new and intelligent tools to support what they do. So, the, you know, coming back to your question in terms of what value that provides to the partner, um, this is a very nascent market. It's a high growth market, especially in the augmented reality space. There's no de facto leader. Um, and that is our goal. That's our ambition is to truly be the de facto leader in the augmented reality space where we bring capabilities to do see what I see. You can help democratize, you know, expertise right at the frontline worker. You can help to automate, um, you know, very challenging, complex type of supply chains. You can look at, you know, what you do to include non-standard sort of IT devices in terms of robotics and wearables this space is yet to be really tapped into. So it's a nascent market, huge upside, and our partners see it. So that's that's a major opportunity for them to be building out in the SI world, business practices tied into IoT, and then also in terms of our leading application providers like SAP, we cover white space for them that is very complementary to technology that they provide today in the asset management area, warehouse management, et cetera. And lastly, Google, you know, on the retail side, we have a massive opportunity uh, with Google relative to what we're doing. We call it boxes, you know, buy online, pick up, you know, um, pick up in the store. So there's there's all these new emerging business models as a result of the remote worker um, where our partners can really land and launch on what we're doing there. Um, and we very much depend on them in terms of their own domain, domain expertise. So, you know, a partnership that really can define a new market. And Larry, um, if, if, if I could sort of translate that into business outcomes for the partners, we see average deal sizes grow up dramatically. We see more cross and upsell potential where they can use the traditional TeamViewer installed base and, and position those new uh, products and, and use cases. 
uh, we see that uh, some of those solution areas have growth in the 60s, 60 and 80%, uh, which is highly lucrative and, and something uh, partners are interested in, in investing in. And lastly, it allows them to differentiate because they can combine other elements in their portfolio, whether that is resale products, whether that is uh, consulting services, uh, whatever it might be, and, and, and wrap it into a, a total end-to-end -end solution. So I think there's a very, very strong uh, proposition here for the partner ecosystem. So Rob, Patty, I wanted I would, I would be remiss if I didn't touch on this before we, before we closed out is some of the more recent acquisitions that TeamViewer has made around augmented reality. And so you've painted a really good picture of the expanded worldview that you have in terms of going from, from remote access to traditional endpoints into IoT and to, into much larger enterprise systems. But augmented reality seems like a new frontier. So what is, you know, what are you, is TeamViewer doing with augmented reality and how is that translating into both an opportunity for your channel as well as the, I would imagine, the need for new and different types of channel partners? Uh, first, let me say, actually, augmented reality has been around for a very long time. Um, and But what we're seeing is now there's business practical solutions that are available, right? The technology is advanced to a point where this isn't just, you know, kind of, you know, a fun thing to do. It's actually a competitive differentiator for many, many companies. Um, and, you know, in terms of what we're doing with our partners, Rob, maybe you want to take this and speak to specifics with SAP, um, but it's, there's a very pragmatic use of technology today from an AR point of view um, that is opening up many new fields of how we can operate together with our partners. Um, but I'll, I'll hand the last statement over to Rob. Yeah, and uh, to um, touch on a few examples, if you look at automotive companies, we have a lot of traction with augmented reality and automotive. Um, they start using digital technologies for claims processes in the dealerships, for expert support, and ultimately it's impacting customer experience and customer satisfaction greatly. Um, but we also see a lot of uh, traction in industrial manufacturing, inspections, assembly, a lot of uh, compliance and auditing um, heavy scenarios, and uh, to name another very popular one, uh, warehousing. 15% of the cost in warehousing is in the picking process. And we can help not only make that dramatically more efficient, and we're talking a range of 15%, which, which can be huge, but also reduction of errors, which ultimately leads to better uh, employee experiences, less returns, better customer experiences. So there's a whole litany of, of follow-on effects. It's not just about technology for the, the technology's sake, but we're working specifically with companies like SAP on those end-to-end -end warehousing solutions, leveraging industry cloud, leveraging digital to enable those value drivers. And, and the return is, is, is very big. And, and I also want to add that um, in, in augmented reality, the technology has evolved uh, big time. So uh, the wearables weren't quite there yet a few years ago. Now we we see almost every month an announcement of, of a new player coming into the market. Most recently, some announcements around uh, Apple, for example. They also want to uh, have a piece of the pie, uh, and there are many other ones. And, and they're very robust. Yeah. So I want to close out on what, this one question because you have done a 
it, you know, the job that many, you know, many people, many of your peers will do over the course of their careers, they'll find themselves in a place where they have to try something new. So you have been expanding, you're opening the aperture on your channel uh, point of views, adding and infusing new ideas into your channel programs, going out and building these new relationships. Any surprises along the way that you can share with uh, that, you know, for if one of your peers came along and said, well, what would you, what, what surprised you or what would you do differently? Yeah, what a good question. Um, you know, I, I, you know, here's what I would say, like, for, uh, to your point, right, you think it's new technology, augmented reality, right, but it's actually been around a while. Um, and what we're finding is that it is truly becoming a, a competitive differentiator for our customers. And frankly, for our partners, I'll give you an example, Ford who we work with and work with Tech Mahindra, we're doing a global deployment, um, thousands upon thousands of devices being sent out, you know, to provide for field service management in the dealers, right? So this is a whole new world for them. So what's the big surprise? Um, I think folks think this is a little too rocket science, you know, in terms of what it's doing, where there's really pragmatic use that can be applied. Um, for truly uh, a, a very serious return on investment. And I think this is what we're going to see over time where new technology, new tech is going to help um, with the whole sort of labor shortage, the expertise, unfortunately, that's leaving the field and the ability to quickly ramp back up through use of new tech like augmented reality to make sure that frontline worker has what they need. Rob, I don't know if you want to compliment. So um, I, I want to add that what we've just discussed over the, the last uh, minutes is, is a very substantial transformation. It's a transformation we see in the market. It's, it's a very substantial transformation for us as a company. And uh, for us, naturally, it also means that we need to educate our people. We need to do change management. We need to go from talking about features to talking about the business cases. And um, so that it's not just sort of an alliance management or channel management challenge. It's about how do we transform the entire organization to uh, to reflect that model and uh, and be aligned on on all levels. And yeah. uh, that's I think what we're working on. We're very well well aware that um, we have to evolve all parts of the organization, not just sort of the the front end part, if you like how we interact with the channel. Yeah. Well, I got to tell you in this reality, we've come to the end of our time. Uh, <laughs> I really appreciate both of you coming on and sharing with us what you're doing with uh, team viewer and what you're doing with team viewers channel. So for everyone, thank you again to Patty Nagel, the president of the Americas for team viewer and Rob Teeley, who is the vice president of strategic alliances and channels also at Team Viewer. So I want to thank all of you for joining us again here on Changing Channels. Technology is changing the world and we're tracking those changes here at Changing Channels. So please keep stopping in to hear all about it on Changing Channels. Until next time, I'm Larry Walsh. Thank you for joining Changing Channels with Larry Walsh, a production of Channelnomics, with the support of our production team at Modern Podcasting. If you've enjoyed today's episode, hit the like button, subscribe wherever you get your podcasts, and share with your friends. For more information about Channelnomics services and insights, follow us on Twitter and YouTube and check out our website at channelnomics.com. Channelnomics is a registered trademark of and Changing Channels is copyright by 2112 Enterprises, LLC.